Those kind of feel like can't meet and almost. Luke 15, verses 11 and 12, and we'll be looking at a number of other verses that pertain to the thought for tonight. This is a familiar scripture. It says, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that, that fought, I can't hardly read tonight, that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. Here was a young man that had everything he could want, living at his father's house. Things were good, uh, but he wanted something different. Apparently, he had no sense of responsibility. He didn't evidently had any intention of returning back home. No idea of how to invest his money. All he knew how to do was just spend and have fun. No thoughts of his future. And then if we switch over to 1 Kings 11.21, there's a story that reminded me of the prodigal son. 1 Kings 11.21. And when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his fathers and that Joab, the captain of the host, was dead, Hadad said unto Pharaoh, let me depart that I may go to my own country. Then Pharaoh said unto him, But what hast thou lacked with me? That behold, thou seekest to go to thy own country. And he, Hadad, answered, Nothing. Howbeit, let me go anyway. Interesting accounts here in God's word of things that actually happened, choices that were made. Tonight we're going to look, look at the word choice. And when I thought of the word choice and was looking at this throughout the week, I didn't visualize what I see here tonight. Choices of everybody sitting in the back and 10 or 15 empty seats up in the front. If this was the bus, it would be different, wouldn't it? So anyway, we all make our choice. Some good choices, some bad choices, and other times there are just choices that are made. How many choices do you think you make throughout the day? Lots. So I Googled it to find out what Google thought. Well, they said around 35,000 choices throughout the day. That comes to about 200 choices every hour or about one in every two seconds. How many choices have you made already tonight? All right, so anyway, we make many choices throughout the day, and, and I was thinking of this the other day. I, I was coming home from a, from a trip, and uh, uh, I was making a left-hand turn, and yeah, there was a truck coming, but there was no problem until I started to turn, and there was a truck blocking the road where I was going, well, I could go around him, but that didn't work either because all of a sudden here come another car the other way. I made a choice to turn when it would have been wiser if I hadn't, if I had just waited. I made a choice, nothing happened, but it wasn't a good choice. But, you know, we make a lot of choices. When we sometimes you make left turns, we forget about things like that. 
Or maybe we get in a hurry and we get going too fast and make a choice of going too fast. Then there are simple things like, and this hits so close to home, when in Psalms 101, 3, it says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Boy, what a choice. What choices there are there. You turn the TV on, what do you see? Choices that you wish you didn't have to make. That were choices of things that were there. Or your computer. Or your phone. We have to be so careful with the choices that we make. And ask God to help us daily in making choices. If we're making choices like every two seconds, we need to be praying every half a second. So we help have God help us make the right choice. Now, as we go through the Bible, there's so many different ones that made choices. And, and as I was looking through these, so many came to my mind. And, well, I thought of Nehemiah. The, in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah was doing his job. And one of his brethren came to him. And Nehemiah was asking, well, I'll put it in my own words, how are things back home? How do things look back home? And his friend said, well, you know, in my old words, they're not looking so good. The, the gates are down. The walls are down. It, it just, it looks terrible. And it says, when Nehemiah heard that in verse 4 of chapter 1, it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept. It hurt him to hear of his hometown being such a mess. And it says he wept and then he mourned several days and he fasted. And he prayed to God. And he told God about, you know, he confessed the, the things that would happen that weren't right. And he confessed to God all these things that said he confessed the sins of the children of Israel. And against thee, both I and my father's house have I sinned. So he just dumped his all before the Lord. He didn't try to hide anything. He says, Lord, help us. Help me to know what to do. And he told God that I'll, I'll do, I'll do what you want me to do. And then it came to pass that as he was going to work, we'll say, and his job was to give the king the, the, the wine that he drank, and, and he'd never been unhappy before the king, before this time. And the king saw it and, and said, well, what's wrong? You're not sick. What's the problem? And Nehemiah said he was very sore afraid. He was afraid because... He, his countenance was something that shouldn't be. And he told the king, the old king, live forever. And then he went on to explain that his father's uh, place was all torn down and all that. And the, the king said, well, well what, what's your request? And you know the next thing that Nehemiah did? He chose to pray. Amen? He prayed. Whenever you have a choice to make, pray. And if you don't have a choice to make, pray. It's a good thing to do. And so he told the king all that was, was, was happening. And, and the king says, well, how much time do you need? And so he basically told him the story. And then, and then he went on. He asked largely of the king, didn't he? Not only did he ask for time, but he asked for supplies. He chose to go beyond his, his, his level of, of where he was and just ask the king for these things. 
And the king answered. The king responded. So, so Nehemiah chose to do the right thing. And then because he chose to do the right thing, prayers were answered. The, 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 the city was rebuilt. The walls were rebuilt. And what a wonderful story that is because Nehemiah chose to pray and ask God for help. And then we have the account of Joshua. Joshua chose to serve God. Chapter 4 tells us many reasons why Joshua was was proclaiming the word of God and all the good things that God had done for them and and he's told them that you know to put away all the strange gods and well you know we read in Matthew 6:24 no man can serve two masters, right? Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Choose. Make a choice today who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve God? Or are you going to, a God that answers prayer? Or are you going to serve God, that the little gods that don't do anything? Make your choice today. Choose. And he, he made that statement. We have a, a plaque on the wall that said, Choose you this day whom you will serve. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Amen? Amen. In Ruth, the, story, the account of Ruth, where she says, Thy people shall be my people, and thy God shall be my God. Ruth chose to follow the example of the godly mother-in-law. She could tell from Naomi's life, the way she lived, that there was something special there. And, and we know the story, how the things happened, and the, the, the men all died there. But, you know, Ruth chose, made the right choice. And because of that, we see that she's in the lineage of Jesus. She made a good choice because she chose to serve, to follow someone that was serving God. Brother Dave announced a wedding tomorrow. Somebody's chosen their bride. They've chosen their groom, haven't they? And we believe that they made a good choice, and we'll, we will pray for them. Amen? Amen. You know, many years ago, uh, my son and I, we decided to take the little ATVs we had and, and run up to the Black Hills out of Olympia area and, and ride some trails up there. And... We loaded both of those things in the back of a little Subaru Brat that we had, and that was quite an interesting thing, too. But we got up there to the, the hill, and, and we took off, and running up one of these roads, and interesting enough, I got ahead of him. Somehow I was in front, and then we saw a side road, and we took off and made a choice to take off onto this side road. And as soon as I made that choice, I saw a pile of dirt across the road, you know, to keep cars from going up there. And right away, I visualized what was on the other side of that pile of dirt. And I made a choice to slow down and to go around. <laughs> but Robbie, in his excitement to get ahead of me, chose to, well, look at there's a pile of dirt. I can jump over that and I can get ahead of Dad. Well, what he didn't realize in his young years was that when you have a pile of dirt, there's probably a ditch on the other side where they got that dirt from. <laughs> well, his choice is he jumped, sure, but he landed 
in the ditch on the other side. And I've thought of that many times, that the choices we make in life. I mean, his, he came to an abrupt halt when he hit the ditch on the other side. And, and I, I, the first words out of my mouth were, what were you doing anyway? <laughs> he wasn't hurt. Everything was okay. But, but the choices we make, sometimes if we don't know where we're going, or if you don't know what's on the other side of an obstacle, it might pay to follow somebody that's been there before. Somebody that maybe perhaps knows a little more than I know or you know, if we need to follow somebody. We want to be sure that we choose to follow one that knows the way. And that's Jesus. We want to choose to follow Jesus. Another account of a man in the Bible that made a bad choice Jonah. God called him and said, Jonah, I want you to go here. And Jonah said, no, I'm going here instead. And he paid the price. And oh, he paid the price. He paid the price for to get on the boat to go that direction, but then he paid the price of ended up in the bottom of the sea. It wasn't a good choice he made. And can you even start to imagine how horrible it was where, where Joan ended up. I mean, when you go fishing and you get a fish, that fish is all slimy on the outside, isn't it? I thought of that many times. You, know, you try to hold on to that fish and it squirms and it wiggles and it, it can get away so easy, but what's it like inside? Well, Lord willing, we'll never find out because we're going to make the right choice in life. Then we can go way over to the New Testament and read about a godly choice a man made way back in the Old Testament. So in the New Testament, there's a story about a man, account. There's an account about a man in the New Testament that took place way back in the Old Testament. One of my favorites, and uh, actually, when I first got saved and started attending the church in Chehalis, my first memory verse I ever stood up and said, read, or no, I actually had it memorized then, was this verse here. Hebrews eleven twenty three, And by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. They were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He chose. He made a wise choice. And because of that, well, you know the story of Moses and how he led the children of Israel and all this took place. He made a good choice. And a lot of people's lives were saved because of the choice that he made. Even though he had everything you could imagine, he had life, I mean, you can't even imagine how good his life probably was in Pharaoh's house, but he chose to serve God. So Moses, following God's leading, that was a good choice. Pharaoh and his armies, when they tried to follow Moses' footsteps through the Red Sea, that was a bad choice. They were following their own ideas, where Moses was following God's leading. 
Jonah following his ideas. That was bad. Ruth following God's leading. That was good. Joshua choosing God. That was good. Amen? The prodigal son, his choices were bad. Hey, Dad, just let me go. That was a bad choice, too. Nehemiah chose to rebuild that city, the, the, the sacred places. That was good. Jesus chose not my will, but thine, Lord. Oh, what a wonderful choice that was. Because Jesus made that choice, we can be saved today. We can have our sins washed away. We can stand before the Lord someday and hear that well done, thou good and faithful servant. So we come to the time tonight when we're challenged to make a choice. You've made many choices already during this meeting, according to, according to Google. Uh, you've maybe chosen to listen, chosen maybe your mind to wander someplace else. Maybe you chose to answer your phone or text somebody or something. Uh, maybe all the choices we make aren't the best, but God help us to make the right choice tonight. The choice is to take time and pray and seek God's will or whatever. The choice is up to you. And if you're not saved tonight, we encourage you from the bottom of our heart, make a choice to pray, to pray and to seek God and get saved and get the sins washed away so you know that heaven is in your future, that you can spend eternity in heaven. And if you're saved and not sanctified, make a choice tonight to pray until you get sanctified and to just give it all to the Lord. You know, sometimes we try to make things so difficult. Right? Isn't that right? Sometimes we do. I was blessed when I first came to this church. I had gone to a, a, another church up there in Centralia uh, all my life, and I knew about salvation. I knew there was a heaven and a hell, and I knew it needed to be saved. I wandered away. I joined the Navy. I did a lot of things I shouldn't have done. I made a lot of bad choices. Some of those bad choices I just drove by last a couple, a few days ago on Saturday. Went through Centralia and saw the old Tower Tavern where I used to go. And I thought, how did I ever choose to go to that place after work every night? It just doesn't even look good. But then I made a choice after I was invited to a church, a little church up in Puyallup. And I heard what I called popcorn testimonies. Popcorn testimonies that stirred my heart because there were young people jumping up, testifying, but they were saved. And I realized I'd made a lot of wrong choices in my life. Too many wrong choices. And I got home from that old tavern that night. I laid there in bed and I started talking to God from the bottom of my heart. I talked to God and said, I need help. I need help. I have tried to stop this. I have tried time and again, and it didn't work. But that night, I made a choice to serve God the rest of my life. And I promised him I would. And that was over 50 years ago. He made that choice. He made that change in my life because I chose to follow him. So I go back to work the next day. And I tell my boss, I says, Freddie, I'm not going back to the tavern with you anymore. 
He laughed at me. He said, oh, king, I've heard that before. I didn't go back. God made a change because I made a choice to follow him. And then if you're here tonight and you're saved and you're sanctified and you don't have your baptism, you need to make a choice. A choice that above every other choice you make that I'm going through until I get that. You're not choosing to speak in to speak in tongues. You're choosing to receive the power in your life. And again, I, I was so blessed because I hadn't heard that I know of that people sought a long time. I, I was saved that night at home. And then about a month later or so, camp meeting was here. And I was able to come down. And, and uh, I'm so thankful for Brother Warren Trotter that saw fit that I could stay on the campground. Brother Audrey, he saw me and the way I, what I drove and the way I looked, and he didn't think I should stay on the campground. And, and I don't blame him for saying that, but Brother Warren stood up for me. And I was able to stay there on the campground in a little cabin in a corner with Brother George, the one-armed fellow from Seattle. And we were both scared of each other, but we've been friends ever since. <laughs> but that, that week that I was at camp meeting, I remember praying and praying. And they get up and they'd preach about salvation. I'd, yeah, I've got that. They talked about sanctification. I don't really understand that. And I would read the tracts. They talked about the baptism. I didn't understand either. I thought it was something that only preacher's kids had or something. But it was that first Thursday night down at one of the pews when I found out about sanctification. Down here, not up here, but I found it down here. And I didn't know that people, like I say, saw it a long time. And then the next night, Friday night, I, uh, Brother Bob and I, and I think his brother Bill, we were going to go do something after church. And, and, and I went down and started praying. And then I got up, you know, as we make choices. We pray a little bit and we get up and walk out because there's something exciting to do outside. And I walked out that side door there that, that Friday night. And a friend met me out there and she says, why don't you go back in and get your baptism? How would you answer that? I don't want it. I wouldn't say that. I don't understand it. Well, maybe that's right. I didn't know how to answer. And I thought, well, why not give it a try? I went back and I started praying and I forgot about everything else. I remember that one thing that one thing that bothered me, I was afraid I was going to break my watch because I guess I was hitting the altar or something. But I, I was praying. I was lost in the spirit, folks. I, I was I forgot about what I was seeking. I was just praising God. I chose to pray and not go out with Brother Bob that night and the other guys. I, I made that choice. But because of that choice, I can say I'm here tonight. God made a change because I chose to seek him with all of my heart. And I encourage you to do that tonight. Seek God with all of your heart. He has something special for you. The song is 188. Let's come and pray.